All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Uh, cheers for tuning in. Cheers for liking, subscribing, sharing, all that. Uh, moving along with interesting people that I want to talk about, fun people I want to talk about. I have my buddy, Jessica, on joining me today. Jessica, what's going on, my dear? How are you? Hey, I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. First thing I ask everybody coming on, uh, that come on the show, how are you doing with everything that's going on right now? Um, you know, I'm, it's been like six weeks of me home. So I mean, I'm, I'm doing fine. I don't have children. So I feel like I'm really kind of (laughs) winning. Um, you know, I can only imagine what it's like for people with kids right now. So yeah, you got to spend time with them now. It's fucking awful. It's, it's, it's like, even for them, like there's a perfect cutoff time for anybody. Even if you're like, uh, uh, you have dogs, right? Or a dog. I have a dog and a cat and they're driving me crazy. Exactly. So I can only right? imagine what a child. Right. So even the dog, you're like, fuck it. I've, en- I've enough looking at your dumb face. Like it, one day is it's the most beautiful thing. Uh, it filled you so much, filled you up with life and joy and, and, and reason for existence. And then you're like, you know what? Get the fuck out of my face. Um, so yeah, so we, we, uh, you, you are not in that kid boat. That's uh, that's good for you. Um, yeah. I don't so, so now you're getting affected big time, right? You're losing a lot because you are a yoga instructor, but it's not just regular yoga, correct? Yeah. So I, you know, my schedule, weekly schedule would usually be going into a bunch of different people's homes and working you know, with special needs, trauma survivors, different, a variety of different people in their homes teaching private yoga. And so social distancing doesn't really allow for me to go to everyone's home. So I'm doing some of it virtually. Some of my clients don't totally get it or it's taking them a while to want to switch to virtual yoga or even try it. So it's kind of like, in a limbo, I guess, type of thing, you know, and everyone is scrambling in the yoga world to figure it out and they're all making it a disaster. So, so when when you deal with, when you say special needs people and, and is there an age group for that that you deal with? Or is it, is it kind of just people who are dealing with just traumatic experiences, adults, and then you're trying, you know, and, and also is, Follow-up question, is the type of yoga obviously a bit, like, do you talk during the yoga? Is it like a like a therapy session? Is it like, is that like, all right, downward dog, you know, or, or kind of what's the difference between that and, like, if I just turned up to a regular yoga studio? Okay, so those are actually some great questions. So, first, I do all ages from, like, young, three, four, all the way up to, like, adults, like, very grown adult adults, not just young adults. Um, and it, like, it varies. It's a variety. You know, every person and client and individual has a different need. So um, it's really just all adapted to the, that person. So age and age doesn't always have to do with everything that they're able to do. And not everybody has all the mobility that they wish they had. But movement does bring up feelings. So we do kind of chat, you know, we check in, we see how we're doing. Um, And then sometimes movement can bring on feelings that you want to talk about. Okay. Um, And that's just normal too. And then, um, 
Yeah, people like to talk to me, so it does kind of turn into a therapy session. But like, I'm not a therapist, but okay. I just listen. Right, you know? right. So you don't offer advice, kind of at the end of anything outside yoga is what I'm saying. You don't, re- you you wouldn't really be qualified or to to offer any kind of advice. I can't diagnose anything really right. or anything like that. No, right. Um, my most important thing is that I just really focus on self love and teaching you know, the practice of loving yourself and just like being very forgiving to yourself, very like aware and patient and tolerant and just really like telling yourself you love yourself. Like we're not taught that, you know, as a kid, we're always taught to like, tell your mom, you love them, your dad, you know, now kids love their iPads and their stuff and they're not taught to tell themselves they love themselves. So if I were to focus on really anything therapeutic it is just that self-love journey that forgiveness that you know life is whatever and you just you got to love yourself you wake up with yourself you really only have you so you gotta yeah love I, that. I don't think anyone like I mean especially from an Irish upbringing uh <laughs> but I don't think anyone is taught to love you love yourself like I I, I teach my kids like self-respect but I, I guess I don't teach them. I, yeah, go, go in and love yourself. You know, give yourself a good old hug or, or you know, like I guess that's, I, I guess there isn't a huge importance to that, right? I guess self, yeah. no, self-respect and self-love are two different things, I guess, right? Yeah, so like I really end all my classes with what I call like a self-love hug and it really is like hugging yourself. And I do have kids say out loud, like, I love me, I love me, I love me. And it's a big way that I end a lot of my classes, especially young kids, especially like I teach at a camp. Hopefully we'll have camp this summer, but who knows? Right. But, you know, when I'm working with any age group, any person, any ability, like loving yourself is like the top. I don't care if we do any yoga, if you just hug yourself and love yourself. And that's all I really care about that we do for the time I'm with you, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and, and do you find people will do that? Like, say, oh, I love myself and not, not mean it. It's just like, all right, this is what they want me. Like, like mm-hmm. my son has to do before he's online school and he has to do the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And you can tell he's not bothered with it, right? You can just tell he's like going through the motions. Um, he doesn't probably understand the words, the meaning behind what he's saying. So, do you find like at the end of a class or a session, you tell a person, because it's a hard thing to do to say, yeah, I love myself. Uh, do you find that people are just going through the motions or it takes a while for them to actually kind of believe it and kind of, you know, yeah, fuck, I do love myself. Um, I think it's different for everyone. I think the younger you are, the more they believe it, you know? Right. Like the when they're young, they get it. Then they get to an age where it's awkward, okay. you know? And it's like, and I'm like, you don't have to say it out loud, of course, and you give them options of how they want to do it. But, um, yeah, I... uh it's awkward. And I just discuss it like it's awkward and that we're not taught this and that, you know, but I do it with them. So. Right. You right. Know, if I'm doing it, people are more likely to do it with me than to do it alone. And um, I think at this point, it's just so normal and natural for me that people kind of do it in a different way than people would just like go along with the Pledge of Allegiance, because I really think people want to love themselves. And then even on top of it, you know, some of my clients really just parrot things and mimic. 
Okay. And so instead of them saying like something, they can say, I'm amazing. I'm proud. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Or I love myself. I love myself. And if that's what they're going to be repeating for the next like 30 minutes, then that's what I'm happy about. So it's better than something negative or something, you know, else. So giving them something, because it, it does, you have a reaction. You, your words make up, your thoughts make up your life, you know? You're 100% right. You, and, and here's the thing what I noticed about or what I've come to realize during this whole pandemic thing is that, like, I, I think people's jobs, um, the ones that realize that they're not important. No, I don't want to say they're not important because they put, you know, they put a roof over their heads. They put food in their bellies, clothes on their back. So I'm not saying, you know, they're not important um, by any means. But I think to find now I think it, more than ever is a great opportunity for, a time for people to find like f- fulfillment like I've only started to realize like I've been getting a ton of emails about you know how much they miss stand-up comedy because you know mm. and then you don't you don't realize yourself because like I, I'll, I do comedy for my own selfish reasons right I never but when I'm there I'm there to work for the people that are there right like, right, like they, yeah. they, they got a babysitter they got uh, they drove here they bought the tickets they they sat through whatever it is they could be fighting it's just not you, you know what I mean? And when I'm there, I'm like, all right, these people are here. Like, I've, I've no arrogance with that. But I got into comedy kind of for myself. So, but I think like a job, I'm not saying my job is like yours and by any means, but you're definitely a job right now where you are serving a purpose, right? Where like where self, self-worth is so important that can help you move on and, and holds people back, I guess. I mean, in I guess in one perspective, sure, but at the same time, like I totally reach for comedy and comedy specials and like funny things for me to get through my day. Right. So like how like what restores me? Like I can't just be giving and going out into the world and like preaching self love and all this stuff and not be practicing the things that make me happy or calm me down or bring me peace or happiness or whatever. So it all kind of cycles and fuels it all together, you know? So, yeah, because it's fine. Like, I find like a lot of people now, like even myself, I, I signed up uh, for online school. Like, it's just I'm using the time for my benefit, right? And I think people are looking up now. And I'm, I know a bunch of people who are doing that who are just changing their professions, like, literally, kind of just like, I got not what else am I doing? Like, I, I let me just you know, I'm changing my profession. And of the five people I know that told me to change their profession, it's all jobs that would bring you meaning or some sort of enjoyment. Huh. Interesting. You know? And I think where this came from, and this is where I kind of wanted to speak to you a little bit about, was because when I went into Best Buy before they closed down uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, right, I was at the last stage. I was the day before they decided to um, just lock it down. And I went in and I, was, I bought a new laptop because I knew I would need one. Um, for all this kind of stuff, because more and more right. work I do, mm-hmm. writing and stuff, and and what I noticed was this: the guy said to me, they sold out of all video cameras, like webcams, and I was saying, like, really, why? And I guess I guess I wasn't thinking Zoom and Skype and that kind of stuff. And he's like, no, no, there's a lot of women. The guy said to me, are now going out to be like they want to be cam girls. Oh which... yeah, the OnlyFans and the private snapchat world yeah yeah isn't that like fucking just so like you just basically 
Now we're going to talk about a little bit, a little bit about what you, you used to, you used to do. You used to be, uh, uh, I don't know, what's what's the correct word? Is it a politically correct term? Like, is there an exotic dancer, uh, like stripper? Um, like, what's the what I, word? If you were around in a round table having dinner with somebody, when I hey, I used to be a. I mean, I was definitely like an adult performer. It was like a bikini okay. bar, though. Like it, like okay. you wore pasties and like a g-string, okay. um, and you could only like purchase, you know, topless dances. They weren't you weren't just topless around the floor, right. Um, right. and it was like a dive bar like setting versus like okay. a glammed out um, New York City, you know, high profile club. But um, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but here, here, like the thing about that, and well, I guess we'll, we'll might as well go into since we started, um, is that like, is there like an open mic for the, like, how do you get into that? Like, what, you know, not, not even, not the psychological reasons, you know, we, we could probably touch on that later, but, mm-hmm. but like, how do you, like, because I know like girls take uh, pole dancing classes for yeah, so that's exercise. Like, that's a new thing too. So like, I stopped dance like working adult entertainment like 10 years ago so it's been but I've obviously like had friends that are still in the industry and like watched and you know still like know what's going on but um but yeah so I think that way back when they do have amateur nights but usually like amateur nights are kind of like an open mic but usually it's people that used to dance and would just go and they'd all just hustle and like do their whole performance and like just try to make money for the night you know and right and is it like is it advertised that it's our um amateur night yeah or is it, it mm-hmm. is advertised you like okay. those are the fun ones to go to so you definitely like something to check out like if you if strip clubs open <laughs> again is amateur nights so, so what's like what what's the equivalent of a stripper bombing then because I'm, I'm referring all this like i'm comparing all i mean you'd comedy. make no money Okay, so nobody's gonna throw money yeah, at them. Like, imagine like nobody's even around. <laughs> like, you're just standing there alone. Like, nobody's paying attention to you. I guess would be bombing. You know. So what? Like, people just kind of walk away, or to keep their money in their pocket, or they find somebody else. That's the whole point. Okay. okay. You know, like, mean, like even if you're performing, you're still competing with girls on the floor. So sure. you know, if you're not keeping someone's interest, somebody else will. That's the whole point, right? Right. See, I, I've been to strip clubs like like many times with uh, a comedian friend of mine who I, I will not mention his <laughs> name. Uh, but he has this thing where he would go to a strip club and pay a girl to scratch his back. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was his thing. And he everyone would never has be a thing. In, like, yep. everyone has a thing, I suppose. Right. And he would never be like, like inappropriate. He would never like try anything more than it was. He would go, there's $20 scratch my back please and i would sit there because i never bought into like i was just i'm at a stage like i don't want anybody to pretend to like me you know what i mean like i I, i'm kind of not buying it i'm not buying like the the fact that you came over with everyone else in here to talk to me when you know well enough like you're only here because it's 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 your job well you know that to be fair it's like if you're really annoying they're not going to keep talking to you so there is some level of like you know, at some point, it's like, you're not even, like, worth my time. Like, let me move on. You know? Right. So, I mean. I, w- I went with my brother once because uh, it's funny. They stopped having strip clubs in Ireland years and years ago. Really? Wow, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, when, when, when they converted to the Euro. 
Because what would happen was, yeah, because the euro, we used to have like pound, the Irish pound, uh-huh. and you would have uh, a 50, 20, 10, 5, and a 1, right? And the coins were kind of like what they have over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens when the euro came in, the, the smallest node went to as a 5, and after the 5, your dollar became a coin, and were people so throwing nobody, them at them, or like? Yeah, nobody was going to like throw coins at a, at, a, at a dancer or, or on a so stage. So stupid that they close for that because there are some clubs that have their own strip club money where you have to like turn in money to get the fake dollars and then they convert it. Why wouldn't they just do right. that? You you buy fake dollars, but I think what was happening is people were count were copying them and stuff, and they were arriving with like their own. Oh, they counterfeit. Gotcha. Yeah, so nobody saw them kind of throw it on the on the stage and that kind of stuff. They couldn't figure and, out uh, the different paper for every day type of thing. Pretty much, gotcha. I guess they're not the smartest uh, people. Yeah, I could problem solve that really this. quickly. Look at that! You could have your own franchise right now. You can move to Ireland and clean up. I mean, but he. Uh, so my brother came over here with it with one of my best friends, and I said, "All right, I'll," because my brother likes it. How goes, excited! I'll take it. Yeah, and it was, and and again, I sat at the bar at the end. Um, just talking to the girl working there, not one of the dancers. And of course, my two, my brother, and my friend were like, you know, they'd never seen anything like it. So they were just back and forth, back and forth. So before we left, my brother came up and he goes, I just gave $80 to that girl over there. And I said, why? And he said, well, she told me she wants to go back home for Christmas, but she doesn't have enough money. I go, you fucking idiot. I mean, yeah, everybody has their hustle. <laughs> like, for sure, you know, something that works, you're going to keep working it. You know, everyone has their lines. But um, right. But we definitely do have, you know, you know, girls that do have to get back home somewhere or send money somewhere. Um, right. I didn't necessarily work at a club like that, which I was like lucky about, which was like the privilege of like the dive bar setting, which I think why I never like left and like moved on to something bigger and better. Right. But, um, and also like a lot of clubs, girls have to pay to work and we didn't have to do that there. So really they pay to work there. Yeah. They pay like a fee, like a, dancing fee so they'll give like the club like 80 bucks to work their shift and then they got to tip out and all this stuff so um it could be like you could be in the hole you know if you don't make money if it's a shitty night you know some girls is it is it tough to have a relationship with somebody if you're a dancer or in the sex industry like that i mean at the time i was only dating women and they were like dancers too so but i can imagine it would be like really difficult now i mean i was young so i wasn't like thinking relationship world but yeah i mean it would be hard and it definitely probably is hard i think that it's definitely like you definitely don't want your boyfriend coming and there's definitely like or your husband or anybody because it doesn't matter there's going to be some primal like jealousy so it's definitely would have to be a separation but right. um, but part of the reason why like OnlyFans is popular is because dudes are like, yeah, I'll like I'll bang you in the OnlyFans and like that'll be great. You know, they want to like participate in it. So I think that it's a little different there um, than even just porn and even just like people dancing. I think it's I don't know. There's something about that. It- it's it's just a weird like almost a step because it's so funny. I I was in uh with with two other friends from Ireland that came over, 
and we were at uh, on Long Island. We were we were at a Hooters, uh-huh. and this guy came in, started screaming at a. I guess they were boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever it was. You know, very young. You could just tell the immaturity from both right. of them. And it's like, man, you're in the wrong, the wrong, like, like she's with the wrong person, obviously, because like that, if that's her job is to be, let's be honest. I mean, nobody goes to, when you say Hooters, nobody's like, oh, those fucking wings are delicious. Right. I mean. Do you know what I mean? Like subconsciously people are going to see Hooters and that's, you know, and, and it's funny. I used to talk about it as a joke that Hooters was, I guess, one step away from a strip club. And I remember I went there to write with two comics in Islandia. It used to uh-huh. be one in Islandia, yeah. I think it was. And then when I we went with the other comic to the strip club on a Sunday night on the way home from the club, one of the girls who was working at the Hooters about a month later was now dancing behind the bar at the strip club. Yeah. I mean, but the bartenders are very different than the dancers. And like... Ev- oh, no, she was dancing, mm. like, behind, like, taking it I off, it. you know? Like, because everybody loves the bartender. Everybody loves the bartenders because there's, like... They're not the strippers, and they're all the fucking same. But whatever. Right, right. I mean, there's some. I mean, I, we could go into like the politics of that for a while, but that's crazy. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's just it just claims that like the pretty girls get to be the bartenders, or you know, just like the preferred girls. I don't know, it, and it keeps them. Is that the case that they they don't they don't work as hard or no? They work hard and they hustle. I mean, I bartended right. too. You definitely, because some people go in and they'll just hang out at the bar, you know? Right, right. So you definitely create more relationships with everybody at the bar as like as the bartender than, sure. you know, a girl who's just working and has their regulars and then just like has their specific clientele that comes in. You kind of have more. And they have to tip out too, and all that stuff as well. Um, usually, you would tip out to the bartender or to the cocktail waitress or up. The bartender usually doesn't tip out, right? But the right. girls tip out, so right. That's another now good thing about the OnlyFans. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, you see, you, you keep all your money. Yeah, I mean, it is cool in the OnlyFans where it gives girls the power to produce their own stuff, own their own stuff. Um, hundred percent safe. Yeah, exactly. If you don't feel like showing up, you don't have to. Right, right. So it is like that in webcam. And you can, um, like, pay for, like, services where they make sure that uh, people aren't taking your content and, like, uploading it onto Pornhub and shit like that. So you can really protect right. your, you know, your property, your content, your whatever. No, I read something the other day, and I don't know if this is true. Um, I'm you, you may not because you're totally you, you've left that world a long time ago, so it's not like I expect all the answers from you, of course. Um, but I read the other day that um, PayPal have stopped totally helping out anyone who is considered in that industry now. So if you were to become a, a, a cam girl or if I was a cam guy, you could not send me money through PayPal, yeah. I mean. They have stopped like, over a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand different accounts. They froze. I mean, yeah, from doing for sure, it because it becomes a very tricky area between what's like real, what's this? Is there trafficking involved? Like, right. you know, it gets very blurry right there. So, and it's like you don't want to be responsible for some girl that turns out to be just seventeen, you know, and now you're oh, like, that's true, right? You have no way. Through, of- you don't know. 
you've no you've no proof either, right? So what? How do you know if there's a girl not on there? She's not that. She's not like sixteen years old, and like, is there a guarantee you get? Or I mean, I think that that that's gonna be interesting to see the way that pulls out. But I think you obviously say that you're eighteen, and you give you know your license ID number and stuff like that to sign up for something like that. But I mean. There has to be yeah, ways I never thought to of that. like get around. I mean, of course, there are ways to get around that, and people have already figured that out somehow. So, because I always wonder that, I, I, you know, if you go to a nightclub, let's say that the age limit to get into that nightclub is twenty-one, and if a guy goes home with a girl or vice versa, and the girl is turns out to be underage, they're going to jail. I, yeah, but don't you think that that should fall under the 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 fault? Of the nightclub first, like because you're not yeah. allowed, you're legally not allowed in that door unless you're like 21. I've like literally know people that have had that situation in ten years in federal really? prison. So, it's, Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. So you know, you take that chance, you and you take it. Christ Almighty, that's terrifying. and you got to think about it now. Like now, it's like content and porn. It's like for every image, it's ten years. So, Jesus yeah, Christ, so you gotta like. I tell people when they want to talk to their kids, you know, about you want to talk about protection, you want to talk about porn, and you want to talk about pictures, because you don't you don't want the you know they got to know about like the rules, the laws, things like that. You don't want to have it, you know. Just don't participate in the pictures when you're young. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Putting it out there, porn is not realistic. Real life. That's not what girls are going to be like. That's not what you're going to be like. That's not what it's going to be like. You know, and then obviously protect yeah. yourself. Because he, even me and my brother, we will Snapchat each other um, constantly. Of we both have very young kids, and we'll Snapchat pictures of like my son just getting out of the car instead of waiting to go into the house to take a piss. He'll just piss right oh, there. Oh, little boys the love to do that. I have no idea why, but they right? love it. They, they love, love it. it. They love it. And he sent me videos of his son just stopping in the garden, squatting and taking a shit. Um, I don't know and about it's the like, and I, I, I think kids love to pee. Like, boys love to pee. <laughs> but the shitting, I, that one, I can't. I have like a lot of I mean, many but years of proof of, like, little boys loving me being like, fine, you can pee outside. But none of them tried to take a shit. But But it's like... I'm like, I don't know if you should be sending me these, man. Because like, I always remember the story of the guy who took a bath with his kids. Remember that story when people were still developing pictures? I mean, and it's... He brought it into he brought it into Walmart to develop the pictures, and Walmart of reported course. them. So, so they took. It was only him in the bathtub laughing and joking with you his know two, what though? two people boys. So so screwed up because I like dated this guy a while ago, and he was like an IT guy, and he found child porn on this guy's laptop. And he, like, turned it in. That's, uh, And then the guy tried to, like, blame it on his 12-year-old son, that his, like, son had it. And it's like, a 12-year-old boy isn't looking at, like, 12-year-old girls. They're looking at, like, 18, 19-year-old. So, but, like, people are fucked up, you know? And you don't, you don't really, like, think about it. But there are more people that are disturbing and disgusting than you would, like, really think. Yeah, I I try not to. Like, I try I try stay rainbow. I mean, if you have kids, how you know, can you lollipops. think like that? It's like terrifying. Yeah, it's it, it's it's absolutely terrifying. But I remember reading that case, and then like the guy who I think he sued Walmart and won. But he's like, "You asshole! You fucking took my you got my kids taking me from thirty days just because we were jumping around the tub, and like my wife took a picture on a on a disposable camera, 
And, you know, on top of that, there's like someone's birthday. Well, hey, here's us at the park. Here's us at the zoo. Let's bring those pictures in to get developed. And then you get those two pictures of everybody splashing in the tub together. I mean, I don't and think, all of a I don't think anything list- was wrong with them calling the police. I'm like going to like argue. I would argue the other way. I would say. Yeah, I, mean, I like, get it. It's one of those it's things. Very, it's very hard because you don't know. You're developing these photos and you have no backstory. Nothing. Who knows if that person's like a daycare worker during the day and a mandated reporter, you know, you have no, and then what they don't, they see that they don't report it. Something happens. You don't want to take any chances with kids. You really, really don't. So. Yeah, no, you, you, you can't. I, and I, that I a hundred percent agree on too, but it's like, but I mean, he obviously won the case. So I don't know what, you know, again, I'm not going to sit and pretend I know. The did he like win it? Did it go to trial or did they settle? He, I, I, you know what? That's a good point. They may have because just settled. They probably just, say, yeah. Here's a few men and leave us alone. Like, let's have no lawyer fees. Let's have no slander, and like, let's move on. I can see that happening more because I mean, if you really wanted to argue, how could you argue for? Oh, it was so wrong of me. I like legally, it was so wrong of me to call CPS about because they have to do a home visit. It's not like. They just, yeah. after, over that one developed photo, they took kids for 30 days. No way. No way. They do a home visit, okay. and they have to, like, actually do stuff. They're not just taking those kids. They don't just kick the door and give, come on, kids, you're coming with me. I mean, it would be, I mean, our foster care system's so fucked up that, I mean, right, right. I, in some ways, you wish that they could, but are they bad? It, it, that's, it's situation by situation, but if you're at Walgreens developing photos and you come around, it looks like they're playing and they're happy, but you have no idea what's really going on. And you just got naked grown man and naked young children in a bathtub. Yeah. I'd call someone. Yeah. I get, I mean, I guess why do you need a picture of that? But then again, it's like, who's to, ah, I don't know. It's such a gray area for me. Like, it's, well, especially at a time I mean? where really everyone is. didn't just have a phone in their pocket. Like they went out and they got that disposable camera and they chose to take those photos. Yeah, I mean, I've taken baths with both my kids. I mean, I've never right. whipped the but phone out. Right, but you've taken baths with them, but do you need to take photos? No, that's 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 what I agree. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Like, I guess there's no, why do I need proof I mean, that, and right? like, but like, at this, like, now that you have a phone on you, now if you have like two kids in the bathtub and they're covered in bubbles and you're outside of the bath and you take a funny picture of them, that's something completely different than you in the bathtub with them covered in bubbles, taking photos. Yeah. Again, I guess it's kind of, uh, it's, it's such a gray area. I guess even those guys who fight that kind of stuff on a daily basis don't know what their, uh, yeah. you know, what, what, what their, their guidelines are, you know, it's, it's, it's what could be harmless to one person could be, you know, fucking traumatizing yeah, for another. And, you know, that photo taken to the wrong person looked at the wrong way could get you 10 years in federal prison. So Jesus Christ, it's terrifying. Even when you say that, it's like fucking I hope I hope I scare people. Do not take any child photos. <laughs> do not take any videos. Do not download it. No more birthdays. No more birthday pictures. Nothing. No. Fuck it. Let your kids just grow up. No suits only. Like, let's go. <laughs> silhouettes. That, like, remember you used to do like in the 1800s? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just silhouettes and put that on the wall. That's all you get yeah. from now on. Fucking hell. But um, I kind of want to go back, if you don't, if you don't mind uh, talking about, you know, what gets a person kind of into into dancing, into the into the adult 
the adult uh, entertainment business. Like, because you, you hear stories of some people like, fuck it. I just, it's an easy way to make money. It's very empowering. You hear some people who come from, from traumatic experiences. Um, you hear people come from just like different psychological problems. You know, so from the people you worked with and even yourself, like what, what kind of drives a person into that world? Not to even saying it's a bad world. Like I'm not even saying like, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm really not knocking it because like I, I yeah. listen, those, those guys and girls work harder than people I, mean, I know. I was um, young. I was 18. I was like only like two or three months out of high school. Um, and the okay. club I worked at was 18 and over. Like you could go when you were 18. So it was like exciting right. to go. So I just went as a customer and they did this hot oil wrestling show. And I thought it was so cool. And it was, these girls were empowered and all this shit. And I just started, I just, I don't know. I think I just participated. Like you could bid to participate in the wrestling show. And I think I did that once or maybe twice as a customer. Okay. And then, you know, it's like, I want to try it, but there's definitely a predatory thing where you know the owners of the club will notice that there are women there and they'll of course try to get them to work there and i think that you know they advertise as bartenders and stuff and they get you to actually be dancers but i think that there's like definitely probably like an underlying trauma that has to i wouldn't say for everyone but for many that makes you want to you know be in this hustling position of power um, and control because you definitely have power control things like that if you're um, you know and you're hustling and you're kind of like living this alternate world and you're like always working at night so everything you're doing like you're just you're living the nightlife like that's just your life so that's also very exciting and very addictive on its own outside of, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the quick money, the people, the, you know, everything that comes with it. But yeah, I think that, you know, everyone probably has a different story, but I think everyone kind of has a story, but to be fair though, I know a lot of women that are now, that were dancers and now amazing, doing amazing, amazing things you know, with their lives and right. Right. Um, and so there's really like no shame in it because you learn a lot. Like I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about women. I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about myself, you know? So at the end of the day, like I definitely wouldn't change it for anything, but would I like go back and like, tell my sister to do the same thing I did? Definitely not. You know, so. It's kind of a different world now too, right? Like it's, it's, it's a scarier world now, I think for, for that type of industry. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that it's changing. I think that in-person dancing will always be popular. I think that that, right. I think that strip clubs and stuff will always be popular. I think that now women have more power. I think they have more ability to make more content and have, different streams of revenue, you know? Um, Like I definitely had sold my socks or my panties, you know, but now like you do it through the internet, you know? So it's like, it's a whole different world. That's, that's, 
I mean, I don't, I don't like, again, I don't, I don't knock anything or any person for being into that. Like, Hey, I like to sniff armpits. I'm like, all right, that's your thing. Yeah. Good for you. But like, how do you know when you like, you go online that you're just not buying any, like you're not buying anything. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, how do you know what you're buying? And mm. we're like, so, it's the, that so one is the weirdest one for me. That like, obviously like pheromones smell different and that the men right. that are like into those things can definitely smell the difference. And, like, you know, if you think about your underwear versus your wife's underwear, they're two totally different things. You're, like, dealing with two totally different things. So, like, at the end of the right. day. Um, but, I mean, these men are crazy. I mean, I don't know if they're all men, but I'm assuming. So, sorry, generalizing. But they're, like, are crazy. And they'll, like, <laughs> want girls to wear panties for, like, multiple days. They, like, it's, like, I don't know. I mean, people do it. I hear that there are, like, vending machines of them in different, like, Asian countries. I have no idea. Of, like, just used panties. It's, it's so mm-hmm. weird. Like, I, I knew this girl back in Ireland. She was a fighter that I, I used oh, to fight with. Oh, did people love her with, panties and, and her uniforms and stuff? She, n- n- yes and no. But she she would um, wear, before the weekend, if she didn't have a fighter, she wasn't training that week, right? If she knew... On a Saturday night, she was going out, which I always thought was dumb because a woman picking up a guy is a hell of a lot easier than a guy picking up a girl. I mean, you right? think so? But if it's she like would not, just, I mean, the world doesn't really work. I that guess way. I'm just, but I'm just on. being a, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a dumb ape yeah. right now. I'm just, I'm thinking like a dumb ape who, who years and years ago would be on the scene, right? <laughs> but these, like, you know, go out with your friends like a fucking bunch right. of just apes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this girl, she would like wear the same underwear all week. Up until Saturday night, and she said when she went out on a Saturday night, she said men could smell, and all of a sudden became attracted to her. I'm like, what the fuck is I wrong mean, with you? Th- I'm, I believe that 100. Um, percent And it is true. Like even like dancers, like statistically, I think there's been studies done where like right before your period, or like you have heightened pheromones, then like when you're ovulating, they will make more money during that time. There is some biological scent relationship that happens a hundred percent subconsciously that that exists that's real i i love what what i love about that statement is like there's been yeah i like there have been i I I don't like have i don't want to talk i was like am i gonna have to like have links to all the stuff that i know but yeah i mean yeah what universe i want to see the university you know (laughs) yeah just a bunch a bunch of college kids no like i think it's like a reputable study like like a female like and it makes like so you gotta think like women dancing performing brothels they have existed every forever like all of time oh whatever so there has like so there's an ingrained biological thing that happens. Plus, the way animals mate, they do it through pheromones. Like, we're still animals. Like, we're really not so far removed from these primal feelings and that lizard brain that we have. And that's probably right. kind of why trauma and the sex industry kind of go together because they work with that lizard brain a little bit. So... I, I I get that I really do, and you know you know one of the weird things for me was um, which I I because I always believed that look it, it should because I come from Europe where prostitution mm-hmm. is legal, which is beautiful. Uh, it's safer. Really, it's so much safer. It's so much safer. 
And the reason why I think we're a long way away from getting it legal in this country is because of shows like SVU. When that show always starts off with Law and mm. Order, right? It's never like whenever they find a girl's body, it's always a hooker. Like they refer to it as a hooker or a stripper. It's never like, hey, Denise, we found this young girl, Denise, who, t- who also well, used to be a, You know what I mean? It's like she was, she's defined by her job just to move the story along. Like I she's think not even that a that's person. also real life. They've always kind of been the expendable class, you know? Um, so right. I think that. I mean, SVU is, like, triggering in itself, like, as just a show. Like, sure, I mean, sure. and I think that, like, even the amount of episodes that they have of it, like, couldn't be the amount of crimes that, like, actually could happen. Like, there has to be, like, there's so many, like, there's, like, some, like, 20-odd seasons. So it's insane. Like, if you're going to, walk, to like, binge watch, like, a 48-hour SVU marathon where it's just, like, child rape on like murder on rape on murder on trafficking on like craziness for like hours on end that seems crazy to me yeah but i just i just think again like the the fact if it was a teacher a kindergarten teacher got murdered it's like hey this is becky she's a kindergarten teacher it's just not like it's not like well, it's yeah. in an alleyway and i think if you if you if you Ah, Sam, a hooker. We just found her. Just you know, you just see a pair of legs. Think about the dumpster, like, and they're like dun, so dun, crazy. Dun, 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 dumpster like, oh, stories. I worked not to like sidetrack, but I worked at Laser Kingdom. It was my first sure. job ever. I was fifteen. At it's like a laser, laser tag. King, place. Is that is that yes. what it sounds like? Laser tag. Like, okay, yeah. You know, and you'd have like the birthday parties there and whatever. And mm-hmm. <laughs> they found like a chopped up body of a dead girl in the dumpsters, like behind, like two. Jesus. Like buildings down, and like we couldn't take the garbage out anymore. Um, but you also talk about, I mean, we live where Gilgo beaches, and the Gilgo killer is out there, and he, you know, targeted prostitutes and stuff, and he's still out among us, you know, not solved. So I think that culturally, whatever, we're always gonna be like blindsided you know the discarded people and unfortunately they were probably been feeling discarded since they were little you know what I mean and unseen and grew up in that foster care system that once they're 21 they're just out on their own nothing you know it's horrible I it's it's, but I I always believe that if you legalize that I think they no longer become Air quotes, hookers, air no, they quotes, unionize. strippers. They're people. Right, um, they're people. Yeah. Right? They're like hairdressers. They're fucking like anyone else. They're I like mean, anybody I've else. Heard, hairdressers, could plumbers. Be wrong, but in some European countries, they like, it is legal, but you could get like a stipend or a little bit of money to like, if you're disabled, to hire a prostitute or like a sex worker to... Really? Oh, like, like part yeah, of your Yeah, like pension. if you're like all of a sudden like a quadruple... I don't know exactly how that works, but I think that um, like the government gives you yeah, a money to help you like get laid. Food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh, shit. I don't know. I'll look into that. that. It could just be my imagination because that runs wild too. But it's it makes sense. So when you say it like that, it does sound right. Like, like if they have like you know a I mean? disability, it does sound like ah, oh, this poor man, he needs a hand job. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is. 
and like people think like that you know people think like they you know I don't know but it it is crazy I, I think that if it was legal of course there would then be rights and then there would be like you know standards and there would be 401ks days off there would probably definitely be some like health care involved hopefully you know right we have so many issues in america that like bring it it would be like you would have to then have to deal with homeless population you would have to deal with like young girls running away and young boys running away and being picked up by traffickers and pimps grooming them. Like you would have to like really like systemically change so much that like no one's going to even like scratch the surface of that. We're a mess already. So Now just, just based on, on what you said there, uh, you had told me, uh, I don't use the word story, but you told me something that happened to you. If you don't want to mention it, you can. You told me that you were abducted. Yeah, I was. I was. I when was you were 15. younger. Are you, are you okay I mean, talking yeah. about that? Yeah, I mean, protect your kids. You know, we tell them not to get in vans with kids or men with candy. You know, you don't get in car. Don't get right. in, like, as a teenager, don't get in the car with young men with alcohol, you know? Or you know, drugs or whatever. But yeah, I, uh, I was just like waiting to pick up weed and met some guys and me and my friend and we hung out with them. And then I just remember I wasn't able to leave. And then uh, my parents hired private detectives and I was, you know, found. And so how long, how long uh, were you there for? It was like four, maybe it was four nights, five days, something like that. Something like less than a week but like longer than a weekend. I don't really remember much of it because there was like a lot of drugs involved, but. Drugs that you took or I mean, drugs I, you were I was given? definitely given them. I really didn't have, okay. I really only really smoked weed, you know, that's always kind of just right. been, I've never been a really big drug taker personally, but yeah, it was sure. wild. It's definitely wild. But how how long does it take you to like? Because I mean, that would fucking being that young and that happened to you. Like, I would be terrified. You you know, like I was in a car accident and I walked away totally fine, not a scratch on me. And I remember for months up. upon months, I didn't tell anybody. I was terrified to fucking get in the car. Like, I, I would spaz out um, in mm-hmm. parking lots if someone drove by real fast. Like, how do you get? How did long does it take you to get do. over? Are you are you are you ever do you ever I don't get think over? You, do. you don't I mean, get over I definitely it, right? Have triggers. And I definitely have. Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing that stays with me is like the night terrors for sure. Like I still have those. Like it's okay. definitely hard. Um, Do you take no, any for those? not really. Um, I mean, I am medicated, but not like severely medicated okay. or anything like that. Like I try to keep it at a minimum. Um, but... Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know, though, and, like, I've talked to therapists about this, if I have, like, more PTSD from, like, my time being abducted or the, like, year and a half I spent in institutions as a teenager. You know, 15, 16, 17, you know, instead of high school, I spent a lot of time in these, like, mental institutions, residential institutions, so I was with kids that were in foster care. I was with 
you know, my roommates were like 16 year old crackhead prostitutes and their moms were their pimps, you know, like, and it's like, what, you know, I don't know. And it was wild. It was, I've definitely met some, a variety of different type of people that are different than me growing up in suburban Long Island. So it was definitely shocking for me. So were you there because of what happened to you? Well, they brought me to the hospital, like for like an evaluation, all that stuff. And I was really sure I was told like, so I think that like, I really thought they were all against me. And I think that probably the guy, I don't even remember his name. I couldn't even tell you, but, um, right. I think he like really made me feel like they were all going to like be really against me. So I really wasn't trusting to the doctors either. And I didn't really understand what was going on. And like, I was not compliant, you know? And so then it's like, they put you on that 72 hour hold type of thing. And then they kind of get to decide if you get to leave or not. And they just kept deciding I didn't get to leave. Um, So they just kept sending me to another place, another facility you know, one was only for a month and then, you know, they were supposed to like, let you leave. And then they're like, Oh, but you can't leave. You're going to go to this place for four months. I'm like, Oh, but you can't leave here. You're going to go to this place for eight months. And then finally I was like, I figured kind of what every place I went, I kind of figured out the system, which didn't work in my favor always because, okay. you know, but then, um, and there's a whole money aspect too to it because like a body is money. And sure. They pump me up with drugs and big pharma's a thing. I was going to ask you: Are you are you uh, uh, medi- were you like heavily so medicated all that? Which is why, like, even though I need medication, I really try not to be over medicated because it was real. Like, I gained right. a lot of weight. Like, I had, you know, medically induced like gaining weight. You know, just being on meds. But uh, it was crazy. Um, yeah. And like, so then eventually I was like, I just pretended to be a drug addict and then they sent me to the rehab, which I knew that after three months in the rehab, they had to like evaluate you and like let you, cause like the program end, it was like a program that had like an end date. So I went there and I just like was so good for three months and I got to leave. And oh, okay. the, like the pantry down the stairs was like covered in millipedes. Like I remember and it's like the creepiest thing. Like, I don't like bugs anymore. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was it was some crazy shit. And then I got released. And then I went to like Narcotics Anonymous meetings. That was part of like my release plan. Okay. And those were fucking crazy too. So like Predator is in there. Also, like do not send your kids to those. Um, oh, for sure. Really? For sure. I mean, I was young. I was Jesus. like 18, 19 years old in these things. Um, pray. He's still you know, there? Like they, they know the people oh. that have been abused or have had a hard time. Like There's something about you that they can sense. It comes back to that lizard brain concept. How, no, they how do they get in there, though? They pretend to be addicts You're themselves? You're going to tell me or... a crackhead is like a normal person and they're oh, coming okay. out of smoking okay. crack for years. A normal person that's like right, really right. going to be helping and sponsoring people. And there's no actual like doctor, any actual medical person there. And it's like being run by like 
somebody who did federal time like that person's really gonna like be able to manage everything no no so what what do you do like what got you from there like from you said you were 19 there uh, at that place so what gets you from 19 years of age to where you are today running your own small business um and being at peace with yourself and talking about love for everybody. And because that's from, yeah, from what I'm hearing and what I'm sure seeing, growth. it's like, it's just all growth. A lot of hard right? work. So what got, what work. got and you I started there? doing the work while I was still dancing, to be honest. I got into therapy while I was still dancing. And my last year working at the club, I started bartending and I slowly got myself out of it. I quit smoking cigarettes. Like I just went into this like deep therapeutic time and focus and I saved up some money so I didn't have to work and I just like I didn't send myself anywhere I was like maybe 22 23 and I just kind of went to therapy twice a week and I just started writing a gratitude list and I think that maybe the gratitude list is one of the best things I ever did for myself because for like three years straight every night I wrote three things I was grateful for and when it gets yeah, of course. Were they different different every night? I mean, sometimes they were the same for oh, like a week. Sometimes night. they'd be different. Often, it eventually right. just got to very basic, simple things where like, I am grateful I have a safe place. I'm grateful that I have a bed. Like, I'm grateful that, you know, it, they were just very then basic things. And as soon as you start to really be grateful for the basics, the basics, basics, everything else is just golden, you know? And when you've had the basics taken away from you, yeah. which I definitely have had forcefully, you know, and in very vulnerable situations, I think, you know, you are really grateful. Like, I am so grateful that I get to literally be my own boss, create a company and a business that I love, be the type of yoga teacher I want to be, be the type of person that I wish I had or was around, you know, I try to be like that example. And it, it makes me a little bit different yeah. and like hard to understand because I'm so driven and focused. And so, you know, relationships suffer, like I'm single because I'm thinking I'm just so driven and my mission is so much more than like getting a husband and settling down and like having a family. I'm more like, no, we all need to love ourselves. Like, that's what we're doing, right? Because I promise, the more you love yourself, the less outside factors are going to come in and get you, the less what other people think about you are going to have anything to, you know, all that little stuff, you're going to be like, whatever, man, and move on. Because you like, you know, you know your core, you know you're authentic, you know you're doing your best. And if you can forgive yourself for all your mistakes and be like, you know what, my learning moments are really just that then you get down to just being grateful for having running water heat you know i i i think you are i guess dealing with this quarantine then a lot easier than a lot of people because of you now trained right. yourself I mean, to home- obviously put what's important in i'm front not a of homeless you. person in this epidemic right now i'm right. not um, an abused child in a stuck in an abusive yeah. household that doesn't get to go to school. I'm not 
a child that's dependent on the school system to be fed. I am not, you know, a kid that got to finally get out and go to college and now they're back at their house. You know, I'm not, I'm blessed. I'm very, very blessed. There are a lot of people that are now stuck in these very unsafe situations. Of course, right now, domestic violence is going to go up, you know, relapses, addiction, you know, all those things are all going to go up. They all raise up in these times. And it's, um, that's why it's important, you know, little things like the rainbows that everyone has in their windows, or I made a big thank you sign, you know, little stuff like that, that, right. Um, you know, we really have to be grateful. Well, I'm going to end it on yeah. that positive note, if that is okay with you. That was, uh, I, I, we, we are pretty much up to an hour. And, um, you know, we, I just had a lot of fun, a lot of fun talking to you. Um, do you want to promote your business? Do you want to mention where people yeah, can, um, can find you, I'm, get in contact I'm with you if they want to? Hearts or yoga, no? So you can just really look up Spiraling Hearts Yoga and you'll find my website, my you know, my social media, all that stuff. It's pretty easy to find me. Branding. <laughs> all right, Jess- Jessica, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, I really, I really loved uh, talking to you. Very, very, you're a very interesting person. Um, very inspiring. And I love, uh, I love the positivity thank that you, you. have. Um, yeah. And I, I hope it's infectious uh, to me and to other, and to other people. So thanks so much for, uh, for, for joining us. All right, folks, listen, um, thanks again for tuning in. That was a fun one, right? Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, please send them to my Instagram, Mick Thomas Comedy, and uh, I'll respond back. Or if you uh, want to get in contact with Jessica, you can send it on to me, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely forward any, any comments on to her. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again. Good luck to you. Be well. Be healthy. Wash yourselves, you fuckers. Bye-bye. Take care. Good luck.